I'm very important. Uh, I have many leather-bound books, and my apartment smells of rich mahogany. Hey, welcome once again, episode four. You found me, you found me, you came on back. Episode four of the Aaron Forsyth Podcast. I'm your idiotic host and creator of things, Aaron Forsyth. That's me. Yay. I hope you're uh, surviving the quarantine. I think we're in day, day whatever, 40 million, 70 70 something. Who knows? I lost track. It's getting weird out there. But I hope you're staying safe. I hope you're staying sane. I hope you're getting a little creative there. At least creative in the kitchen or the bed. I don't know how you're going to do it, but stay creative. Got to get our mind off the fact that we're just squirming in our own juices. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to make it, though. I'm going to make it. Shot out of a cannon. There it is. There it is. You want to know why? Because, well, before we kick into the show here, I'm going to tell you why. From our fine friends at Red Eye Coffee Roasters. And you can check these folks out at redeyeroasters.com. There are first... There are first folks who saw belief in the show and they wanted to get the word out to my friends and family and fans. I don't even know if I have any fans, but friends, I call you all friends. You're not, there's no such thing as fans. We're friends. We're all in it together. That's what we do here. We're all in the same gang. But, uh, you know, when I'm shot out of a cannon this morning, I had, a, I, I got the fresh beans. I got the fresh beans from them. And... I gotta tell you, Red Eye Roastery, fresh beans, I put them in the Ninja, I put them in the Ninja, and I, I, yeah, I, I brewed them, I ground them and brewed them myself, and boy, it was fresh stuff, super awesome, and I was shot out of a cannon, I was fired up and ready to go, so here's the deal. If you want a good cup of joe, you gotta get it. And, and they'll bring it right to you. Actually, mail it right to you. If you're in Erie, they might even bring it to you. You never know. And uh, they'll maintain social distancing, I'm sure. They know what's going on. They know what's going on. But uh, good stuff. And I want you to do it. I want you to go to redeyeroasters.com. Order yourself up a bag of fresh beans or fresh ground, whatever you into, whatever your flavor is. And uh, I promise you a great cup of joe. I'm telling you, it's good shit, man. I want you to go there and do me a favor. When I'll, I'll make you a deal. If you do it, the shipping's on me. All you got to do is at checkout, promo code Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, and you're going to get yourself some free shipping on me. And uh, I'll make sure it comes to your house. And, uh, and when this quarantine's over, maybe I'll even join you for a cup, you know. And then we'll do it. We'll do it together. So, yes, that's it. RedEyeRoasters.com. I hope you're all doing good out there. I'm doing good. Yeah, yeah. Some things happened this week. Not too many things. I mean, I'm in quarantine. I had to maintain my job. I had to, you know, I got, I got to do things. I got to walk the dog. I got to pet the cats. I got to make jokes. I don't know. I I had oh I got a couple little things and we're gonna talk about it a little later. I'm gonna tell you a little later. I got a phone in. I'm gonna do with my good pal from off constantly, 
comedy. Anthony Morelli. You know him. You've seen me gig with him. You've seen him eight times out of ten. You know, we're in the same comedy gang. We're high-fiving out the door. So we're in, we're in cahoots. We're in cahoots. I use the word cahoots. I'm going to bring it back, Tigers. Cahoots. Yeah. He's a good dude. He's a funny dude. And uh, glad to know him. We're going to call with him later. I'm going to give you some book and movie recommendations of the week that I found. Yeah. And I'm also... I also got to tell you something I read about because I know we always talk, everyone talks about the coronavirus and we're all tired of it. I, I want you, I want to give you, I know we're in quarantine, so I want you to handle quarantine. I'm going to sidetrack you with quarantine, but I want, I don't want to talk about the political factor. I don't want to talk about the virus itself because A, I don't know anything. All I know is I'm wearing my mask and stay the F away from me. And uh, from that, beyond that, I'm just going to keep going day by day until it's, they get a vaccine. But uh, And I hope you're going to do the same. I hope you're not one of those nitwick, nudnik protesters out there grabbing your AK-47s and your, and your DT-2020 flags and swinging them around saying you want to get back to work. Come on, what are you in a rush for? Let's enjoy the time off. God, what, when are you ever going to get a chance to hang out with the fam like this? You know? Come on. It's good stuff. It's good for the soul. Why not? Let's just enjoy the vacation. It's summertime. More time for grilling. More time for drinking. More time for laughing and bonding with our friends and Zooming and doing all kinds of things. So, But like I said, I don't want to talk to you about the corona. I'll talk to you about quarantine, and I like to ask people what they're doing on quarantine. So it's cool. That part we're going to handle. But you know what I read? Uh Uh-oh, we might have something new going on after... uh, Excuse me. After... uh, (laughs) I'm burping. uh, The girlfriend and I, we had some steaks on the grill, so I'm a little burpy today. Don't mind me. I might even break into hiccups, Randall. We got some steaks on the grill and some zucchini. Zucchini on the grill. Woof! Killer. And now I'm having a capper after 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 the grilling session. I got I got some altered state vodka since uh, liquor stores here in Pennsylvania hard to find. Hard to find, you know, you gotta do a curbside pickup. The phone line's always goddamn busy. So I went over to Altered State down here on uh well, I think 8th Street. They're in that little plaza down here. Altered State Distillery, all kinds of stuff. But I get the vodka, and I'm having vodka with a little pineapple bubbly. The bubbly, the pineapple bubbly is just like a sparkling pineapple flavor. So the two are working good. I'm getting all lubed up, and I'm ready to go. Yeah! Shot out of a cannon again, but in a different form. So, like I said, I want to tell you, I'm going to tell you, we're going to kick into the intro right now, and when we're done with this, when we're done with the intro, I want to tell you about an article I read, and we might have a bigger thing going on, we might have a bigger issue after this quarantine, something's on the way, hang in there folks. Here we go. Here we go. We're going to get it going on. Wow. You found me. I told you that before. My name's Aaron Forsythe. You can also, if, if you're veering out of this whole 
thing. You can find me online, www.aaronforsythe.com, or you can go to www.eeriecomedy.com and find me there. Also, within that, you can find links to Instagram. I'd love for you to go to Twitter. I'm writing some fun stuff on Twitter, but nobody says shit. So at LTTD is my Twitter handle if you want to find me there. Feel free to troll me. I don't care. Like I said, at LTTD for the Twitters. And, uh, well, what else? Oh, well, of course, you probably found it through Facebook. Of course, I got room space. I got friend space. So if you want to add, go right ahead. And I hope you're maintaining your social distancing. You know, it's getting kind of frustrating out there. I'm noticing a lot of people out there. Everyone's been cool. They've been wearing their masks. They're wearing the masks and being good about it. But you know what? People are getting to be dicks. They're 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 getting really close. You know, I noticed this. I was I was at a get go the other day buying some some cigarettes, and uh, you know, people with the they they got the masks on, so that may, I guess they think they're like impervious to something. I don't know. They're they're forgetting about the six foot distance part, and I'm not liking that. I'm not liking that. I'm not a big fan of it. Oh, here, shake! No, no, don't touch! We can't. No touching. No touching. Ah, I'm trying not to touch you. Oh, no! So close! Oh no, we can't do that. We can't do this. Oh, you're not touching me. I don't know what your body feels like because I can't touch it. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. People are getting brave, and I'm not liking it. Just think of it this way. You're doing it for me, and and I'll do it for you. You know what I mean? It's yeah, I just it, it's just common courtesy, you know? We're all in the same gang. Let's just not be idiots. Try not to be idiots. Don't be a nudnik. Don't go don't go thinking cuz you got you got a you got a face mask on. You can just kind of just Push your way through a crowd, you know, especially shopping carts. People think, you know, they're not doing six feet. They're doing shopping carts. And and maybe in front of you, they're doing a, a couple six feet. But then you got somebody walk right next to you or pass you up in the in the store. It's getting to be kind of bullshit. I get a little nervous. I get a little nervous. I got to admit. But uh, that, that's my rant for the day. I got, you know, hey, oh, here's one. Here's another quick new one. I, uh. I don't know. I I used to have a bit about beards, and it's funny. Now that we're in quarantine, I started growing a quarantine beard. Dudes, how you doing out there with the quarantine beards, you sons of bitches? You looking good, or are you feeling like crazy face? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How you looking over there, hombre? How's it going? You hiding the turkey neck? Hiding the turkey neck? There we go. I used to have a bit, I used to say, you know, I read somewhere where the beard is the push-up bra for dudes. What did you just say? Ladies, do you agree? Do you agree? I don't know. Ladies, do you agree? What are you talking about? Uh, but beards, yeah, hombre. You, you grown your quarantine beard. You know, it starts out kind of good. You got good intentions. First week, you know, it's a little spotty. You look like you're filling it in with a little bit of Sharpie in there just to make it look coherent. But then you get in the second and third week, and there you go. You start looking like a roadie for Mumford and Son. Oh, yeah, it's itching and scratching. It's itching and scratching.
Oh, I was growing my quarantine beard. I got it about three weeks, three weeks. I was a piss jug named Vern and a manifesto away from calling a talk radio station. I looked nuts. I was in the uh, 80s Ford Bronco bound for glory. Imagining I had my own CB radio. Yeah, that's quarantine beard. That's when you're nuts. You know, but, you know, beards, I don't know. I had to get rid of it today. I shaved it. Got rid of it. Got rid of it. I lost about 10 years, which is great. The beard was making me look older, believe it or not. I had a little gray splotches all over and everything. I wasn't, I'm not, uh, the old gray mare, she ain't what she used to be. Yeah. Yeah, so now I look younger again. I look younger again. So that's good. So I hope your quarantine beard's going good. Ladies, I hope you're also, uh, you know, you know, uh, you know, trimming the hedges, trimming the hedges, uh, you know, shaving the armpits. I mean, I'm a modern guy, but, uh, you know, I'm not uh, armpit hair modern. Well, I'll give this little cookie an hour before we're doing the no pants dance. <laughs> Time to musk up. Please, please, let's maintain this. But uh, now it's getting warmer weather out there, you know. You know, I know we're all in it together, and we uh, no need to look the same. Whew. But uh, hey, it's okay. I know, I know. These are trying times. We're just getting by. But you might as well. We might as well just maintain grooming habits. I'm seeing folks just going into the grocery store. They got the mask on, but they're still wearing their pajamas. And then they got like slippers or Crocs on and like disheveled hair. They look like they got rolled over. And uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm still trying to um, maintain an amount of decorum here, man. I'm trying to keep my cool. Even though I'm covered up with the mask, it doesn't matter, you know. Got to be a sharp-dressed man. I make sure my shirt's not wrinkled. I make sure everything's tucked in and looking good. Why not? Wow, wow, is very nice. Why not? Because, you know, it could get a little worse. We got worse things coming on the way. I told you about it. I prefaced it a little bit earlier. And, uh, oh boy, can't get away from this story. And it freaked me out. Well, here's the headline. Giant murder hornets spotted in North America, making 2020 even scarier. Whew. You want to know why? Because hornets, we're not talking bees. We're talking MF and hornets, man. Hornets are worse. And uh, there's an article in the New York Times put out an article today, and it says they're here in the U.S. and they've migrated from, believe it or not, overseas China, they think, and they're cold-blooded killers. And why they're cold-blooded killers? They have a they have a sting that they can sting multiple times, and it could be fatal to humans. They have a venom in their stings that we're not accustomed to. So there's that. They're big. They're about the size of your pinky, about two inches long, like big, big hornets. But here's why they call them the murder, the the murder hornets. Not only they did that, what they do, they invade entire beehives. And what they do, they got these giant mandibles and they decapitate all the bees in a hive and carry off all their thoraxes to feed to their youngs, leaving the heads behind. So basically they've been finding like beehives completely ravaged and murdered and just heads of bees on the ground. Can you imagine that? 
Wow. Terrifying. So eventually, once we get through the corona, guess what? It's summertime, and you're going to see these motherfuckers maybe appearing. I don't know. It freaked me out. Murder bees. So uh, I don't know. I don't know who to call on that one. So we'll just see how the situation plays out. Yeah. Murder bees. Keep an eye out for it. And they're orange. They're kind of orange. They're not as yellow and black as you think. They're like orange and black. So they're extra cool. Well, I don't want to say cool, but they're creepy. They're creepy. They look like little robots. But, uh, yeah, so you'll see the article. If you haven't seen it yet, just nose around. Put in murder bees or murder hornets, and uh, you'll find it. You'll find it. If it's not on your browser now, it will be within the hour. So don't worry about it. It's going to be a hot spot talking point. And uh, it only takes a matter of time before we're all hiding in our houses again. Imagine wearing beekeeper's suits to the beach. Jesus. Look like idiots. We just got by masks. Now we got to wear beekeeper masks. But uh, yeah, let's move on, I guess, huh? We'll just wait and see how it plays. Uh, you know, this is the part of the show I like to do entertain errands. Entertainment for the week. I have suggestions. A little cool theme music for you. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Welcome. All right, well, I got to say, it's a reading material. I do my stuff on the Kindle, but you can find them anywhere. You go to the Amazon bookstore, you could probably get a uh, get a, get a hard version of it or soft cover. I don't know. I do the Kindle thing, but uh, here's a book by Steve Martin. It was called Born Standing Up, A Comic's Life, which we all know Steve Martin. Steve Martin is one of the greats. I know when I was a kid... That's what I listened to. I listened to uh, the Wild and Crazy Guy cassette when I was a kid. I can, I can even remember when I, I was so young that I had little cassette tapes, and I would listen to, I would listen to Wild and Crazy Guy. I would listen to the Muppet Show tape even right after it, and then I would pop on like Queen the Game and like Judas Priest or something like that. I had like about eight cassettes when I was a kid. And, uh, but one of them was this. And Steve Martin has always been in my subconscious forever. And I love him. I think he is a national treasure. But uh, his book, you know, it was basically... It's, it starts off him, his childhood. It, it, it goes through all that, what got him into stand-up. But basically, his, his, it, it, he doesn't drone on. He's a perfect author because he wrote it himself. And it's smart, it's intellectual, but he doesn't use big words to confuse you or nothing like that. But he starts off, you know, the first paragraph, it's basically, he goes, I did stand-up comedy for 18 years. Ten of those were spent learning, four years were spent refining, and four were spent in wild success. And, uh, you know, and it's true, and he goes through it in the book. You know, he talks about being a kid, getting his first comedy gigs. You know, uh, I guess he was doing things at the old Knott's Berry Farms, and then as a young kid, he was like a young teenager, he started working at at uh, Disneyland back in the 60s, you know? And then, then he goes through getting a job back at Knott's Berry Farms and working with an improv group and all that kind of stuff, and, and it's just really good the way he just coerces you through his life and his world. It's Steve Martin, man. It's the Steve Martin book. Now, it's funny. He goes into the Saturday Night Live. He doesn't deep dive into the Saturday Night Live later on, but he does touch upon it. And that's about where he lets off, where he decided to give up stand-up. 
and uh, you'll find out why. Nothing too much. He just kind of. Well, I don't. I don't want to give it away. I don't want to give it away. I want you to read it. It's gonna be good. Okay, so promise me you're going to read a good book. This one, it's a must-read for comedians. It's also just, if you're not a comedian, who cares? Steve Martin. We all love Steve Martin, and you're going to find out why. You're, he's just a good dude and a good read. So there's the book, Steve Martin, Born Standing Up, A Comic's Life by Steve Martin. There's my book re- recommendation. I read that one. I buzzed through it real quick. So uh, there's that. Right, and all right, all right, all right. That's good, that's good. Now, I know we're watching a lot of TV during the quarantine here, and uh, not a lot of you got the Apple TV. I know you got to pay to get a subscription to it. We splurged, we did it. And uh, But that's the thing. It is kind of worth it. There's a few shows on Apple TV that are kind of worth it, and this is one, and when I tell you who's in it, I'm going to lose my man card. You guys are all going to say, that's stupid, Aaron. But No. Eight, wait, was it eight episodes or ten episodes? It, it pulled me through. It was killer. Okay, it's on Apple TV. It's called The Morning Show, okay? And uh, it's starring Steve Carell. It's Jennifer Aniston, uh, Mark Duplass, Reese Witherspoon, a lot, a lot of familiar faces within it. Okay, and it's basically loosely based upon uh, the ousting upon sexual... Uh, allegations of Matt Lauer. So imagine the Matt Lauer, Katie Kirk situation kind of maybe exaggerated a bit, but kind of in that same time frame zone. Steve Carell plays the, if you want to call him that, I'm, I'm, I'm doing air quotes here, uh, the, the Matt Lauer character, if you will. But uh, you got to watch it. It's really cool. At first I was like, all right, whatever. I was rolling my eyes, but you know, Whew, every episode is crash and bang them up and they move through the dialogue smart, the timing, the pacing, the the camera work. And it's also kind of just it gives you it gives you a behind the scenes of what a network would do if you're in that situation. But not only it makes you think what you would do in all these situations, you know, it's right at the cavalcade of the Me Too movement when it all kind of started unfolding, you know, because one of the stories as news reporters they were covering was the Weinstein thing. So so that kind of plays a little part in it. But uh, all right, here we go. I'm going to play the, I'm going to actually play the, the trailer for it right now, the audio version. And now, just bear with it. I know you can't see it because we're listening to audio, but just just roll with it. Watch the trailer on YouTube. It's called The Morning Show. Here we go. We'll roll with the trailer. This is going to be a new era for The Morning Show. There we go. Eight seconds to you. Cue her. Good morning. I'm bringing you some sad and upsetting news. And while I don't know the details of the allegations... She's throwing me under the bus. Mitch Kessler, my co-host and partner of 15 years, was fired today. You! We are facing the biggest crisis in our history. Oh, oh, super oh, 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 my life just ended for no good reason. <laughs> We're in the middle of an epic rebirth. Her sell-by date expired years ago. I want you to start grooming some new people. I don't fit the mold. What mold is that? Any mold, really? Your show sucks. Thank you. It's barely news. 
I want wardrobe tests, screen tests, makeup tests. We need a contract. Where's legal? Ready? I'm ready. Most people want to trust that the person that is telling them about the world is an honest person. All right. Here we go. Like you. Yes. It unfolds, trust me. Your words spoke to America. People are noticing they want more. Watching a beloved woman's breakdown is timeless American entertainment. I just need to be able to control the narrative so that I'm not written out of it. You stole my life. You left me in the woods with a pack of wolves. You just think I'm gonna do this? This chair could be yours. I don't want your job. Oh, honey, both. Yeah, all right, here. You got me, you got me. We're seeing clips of all these guys. You walk out that door, you are never gonna get back in. The part you guys never seem to realize is that you don't have the power anymore. And frankly, I've let you bozos handle this long enough. Yeah. We are doing this my way. Ha. Very what cool. Your TV? We had a disagreement. I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. You can't hear much through the audio version there. I get it. I get where I, I get where you're probably like, okay, Aaron, whatever. No, I'm telling you. If if you have Apple TV and you subscribe to it, get it. Watch watch this. You will binge watch it. It's worthy of the binge watch. By the end, the last episode, we were like, yeah, we were like screaming. It was great. It was a good time. Acting is superb. I'm telling you, Jennifer Aniston not only looks great, but she just is a killer actress in this one. Steve Carell, wow. I mean, he's a likable scoundrel that you want to hate, and then you like him, and then you hate him, and then you you don't know what's going to happen with him. You don't know how to back him. It Oh, Reese Witherspoon just plays like kind of like a Midwestern kind of reporter who gets the big gig, and so she's really good in it too. I mean, it's just... Superb, I got to say. So I want you to watch it. Why not? What do you got to lose? You got nothing but quarantine time on your hands. Let's enjoy it. So there it is. There's your suggested by Aaron stuff to watch and check out or read or do while you're in quarantine. What else do you got to do? You're just going to be sitting there anyway, drinking alcohol at night and Zooming your friends. All right, here we go. Well, for today's call-in, we've got the one, the only... There we go. Little game show music. The one, the only, Anthony Morelli. He, you might know him. He's a stand-up comic. He hails from Erie, Pennsylvania. He's a good friend of ours, good friend of mine. And uh, he's done a lot for the comedy scene around here by just throwing shows and just being an all-time team player. Yeah. Yeah, he... Uh, his little outfit, well, I won't say little, but the outfit he, he wears, he calls himself Off Constantly comedy and we'll give you links to that at the end of the interview here but uh in the meantime you know i got him on the line here let me click on over let's see what's going on now he's had a long day he was soaking up the sun today he was soaking up the sun we all been doing that 
He said he, I, I talked to him earlier today, and he said he was going to be out on the kayak, so he's probably drinking and soaking up the sun and puffing the chiba and doing whatever, whatever, Morelli. We'll, we'll find, we'll find, we'll find that out right now, okay? So let's, uh, let's answer the phone here. The type of girl you want to chew all up my bubblegum. Yeah. The type of girl you want to chew all up my bubblegum. I'm the type of girl you want to take to All right, Anthony, you still with us? You there? Hello? Hey, what's up, friend? How are you? I'm doing well, doing well, doing... I haven't actually... St- We've texted a bunch back and forth, but I have not talked to you since the uh, the world went down. What, uh... Yeah, I've tried to kind of loose them, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Oh, uh, it was a shitstorm. But, well, one thing we did miss, happy belated birthday. Wasn't the fourth or something? We were all about to do your birthday show. Yeah, it was uh, April 3rd. I was super bummed that we couldn't do that because I'm not one to celebrate birthdays too much, but this one was pretty near and dear to me because it was a benefit show. Yes, for your father, right? Uh, yeah, he wanted to go nameless, but, you know, screw him. If, uh, <laughs> if this helps get the word out. And yeah, no. yeah, he uh, he had some medical medical uprisings that were unexpected, and uh, we're doing all we can to help him out. I know, and and I was really bummed because that was one of those shows. You had you had some heavy hitters, didn't you? You had a couple of the Buffalo guys on there. Wasn't Brian Netzel on there or Jesse? Yeah, Br- Brian Netzel was on there. Uh, Casey Custick oh, from Casey, Erie, right. Philadelphia. Then I had uh, Stephen Spinola from New York City. Um, actually, he he got his fame in New York City, but he currently resides in Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah, I've not met him yet, and it, it, it'd be cool to see Casey again. Casey, now some of you folks don't know, Casey is originally from Erie in the Edinburgh area, but uh, he was like, as as us being younger comics, he was kind of our like wiser, more experienced, you might say. Wasn't he always good for like, you go, hey Casey, what do you think of this or that? And he always had the greatest advice, and it was always wise. And uh, yeah, he like he came into town. Uh, you know, he he got his chops down in Philadelphia which is a stone's throw away from New York City, so it's real easy to network down there. Um, but he had to come back home to deal with some issues around home, and it was really in the beginning of the eerie scene. Uh, and he, he helped out tremendously. He kind of gave us, you know, words of wisdom. He, he talked about what he's dealt with in his, his years of comedy. Um, so, yeah, he was kind of like our gym class hero. I know. I, that's what I liked about him too, and he and he was humble and wise. So, even though it's, we were all doing the same, say maybe a a real boring open mic gig or something like that, where no one goes to, you know, he was an equal just with us. But yet, on the other hand, he he knows his stuff. But the Buffalo guys, oh my god! I was saying this in the last pod, and me and uh, Craig were talking about just the, just the awesomeness of of the Buffalo comics. You know, I, they they become good friends of ours, but. The the main I don't know there's probably like well there's obviously thirty or forty but I mean the 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 friends like Brian and Jesse and 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 all those guys that come down all the time are they not awesome I mean is there something in the water in Buffalo that we're missing here uh, you know I love I love all the scenes that we go to we have kind of the trifecta of Pittsburgh Cleveland and Buffalo but Buffalo, man, they're so welcoming. And that's what's really cool. They're always very humble, down to earth, and ready to talk to you. Like Liz Reeves oh, is yeah. one of the coolest coolest producers. She runs the open mic at Nietzsche's. Mm-hmm. Um, she's super awesome. Jesse Winterhalter is always, always down to give you advice and just BS with you on a real level. 
and Brian has been doing it so long that he can always give, you know, the proper advice when need be. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And there's so many, I'm probably leaving some out. I, I hit it off real good with Don Johnson too. He's, he's a good one to talk to, but he's a good dude. Edo, yeah, for sure. Edo, I mean, Edo. there's a bunch oh, yeah. of them that we're missing. How about Edo when we did that? <laughs> you when we did that? Didn't we do that hydroponic gig? Edo was there. That was yeah. super funny. Oh my god, we had a good sports funny show, man. I still, I, I want to get that going. We were supposed to do that too. Uh, I had a bunch of shows, you know, coming up on the docket with Black Monk. With uh, had another four twenty show potentially going with that uh, Northern Lights hydroponic shop and. Uh, yeah, the ball was really rolling in our favor for the Erie community. I know, I know. That, it, I, we're, I was, that's where Craig and I were, were just kind of, re, I don't want to say reminiscing, but just enjoying the fact right when the world hit the shit to bed, we all were starting to hit our strides. Like, I, yeah. I, I pointed it out, like, I, I knew with him and, and you and, and some of, some of us others that, that are in this com, our, uh, our little family, you might say, we were just starting to really, I mean, we've been doing gigs for, you know, a couple of years here, but the, the past four months, it was like, everyone's character was coming out. Everyone was just getting sharper and tighter. And I was just noticing like the, the proverbially eye of the tiger coming out. You know what I mean? We were all kind of getting that. I, and then shit. Yeah. The a, lot, shit. <laughs> a lot of comics, you know, that have made it like Stan Moral, um, Mark Norman and stuff like that. They stay it takes almost 10 years to find your voice in comedy. Whereas entering the game late here in 2020, what well, we both started around 2018. Yeah. Like it's, uh, we, I think we get more exposure. We get more time to really try to find our voice versus 10 years ago where comics are coming out. We have so much exposure in the means of Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all that crazy stuff now to where it's, it's a lot easier to find your voice. Yeah. I mean, it's still a hard, hard thing to do. I, you know, I'm not a hundred percent on my grasp. I want to try out characters here and there. Um, but it's, you know, it's a lot easier to start hitting the ground running in yes. comedy. I feel like I, I, that's kind of what I was feeling too. I, and I'm kind of glad we started a little late in the game because now we're mentally able to handle it. Like, I think like if I was 19 or 18, you know, I would have been a total fuck up. I, w I mean, uh, now I can approach it from a business point of view and a learning point of view and, and just learn from my peers. Whereas when I was 19, you couldn't tell me shit, you know, whereas now it's like, I, you feel like, like you said, the timeline got shrunk. We were able to hop the fence pretty darn quick, which is good, which was good. Yeah. I, you know, like I, I have been told since college that, you know, I should get on stage and it's always been my nerves that have bit me, but I don't think that I would definitely be the same comic or have the same style um, if I started back then, because now I'm a lot more grounded and humble. Whereas, you know, during college, I was a huge asshole. So I don't think that would have worked out well on stage. Right. I, 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 and I was the same way. It was the, and also too, we, we didn't re, you don't, when you're 19, you really don't, I don't know. You don't know the world, but when you're older, like we are, we kind of, we've lived enough life. So you have a better story to tell when it comes to making jokes and, and making premises. But that's what I wanted to start getting into here and talk to you about. Okay. You're saying in college, you know, okay, everyone, you were the funny guy at the party. You know, you were the, you were the guy doing the upper decker in the party, but <laughs> what, what, what got you? What, where'd you, what was the point when you go, all right, fuck it. I'm getting out there and I'm going to do some, I'm going to do this on a microphone. What, what was the turning point for you? 
Oh man, I was uh, I was personal training, and that really bleeds into stand up comedy quite a bit because I have to kind of entertain somebody for an hour while they work out. It's not just hey, here's your workout now do it. Oh, I could see. That. You have to be the liaison between them and not hating, so they can still pay you money. So you know, like during minute planks or something like that, I would tell a story and make people laugh and laugh where I expressed to my clients that I really saw myself doing stand-up comedy, but I didn't have the nerve to do it. And one day, uh, one of my clients sent me a picture of the marquee outside of Junior's Last Lap saying that there was an open mic like this, that coming Thursday, and they had texted me that on Sunday. So I called them, but they didn't open until Tuesday, um, I didn't get a hold of them until Wednesday, and my first open mic was the fu- like the next day, that Thursday. Wow! Um, to, How'd you do? So How'd you it do? Like it was one, still to this day the most interesting open mic I've ever been to. I just wrote a story about it for uh, Cody Colin Chase up in Buffalo. Actually, <clears throat> we, it was my first night, and my biggest thing about getting up on stage and doing stand up was like I don't have the nerves. You know, my uncle Terry, who's a you know lead singer for one of the bands that you're in, but has been a staple around the Erie yeah. community for a long time. He's he fearless. had the same thing. Like yeah, now he's fearless, but we talked about it and he's like, I couldn't do what you do. And I'm like, I couldn't do what you do. <laughs> so I finally, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to get up there. I think I got some funny stuff. I wrote out some jokes and I got a story about my family that I think will do well. Yeah. So I get there 45 minutes early <laughs> and nobody's there. And that's what I expected. I was like, dope. I just invited a couple of friends. You know, I just want them to see me, critique me, and then we can privately digest it and see if I want to pursue this. Now, 745 rolls around and people are starting to just like come in in groves and groups of six and groups of eight, groups of 10 to where it is almost packed, where people are trying to grab my seats from me. They're no longer asking me. They're just trying to grab them from my table, where I literally have both my hands and both my feet on chairs around me <laughs> so people stop taking them. Um, ends up being like 25 comics that night. There's standing room only, absolutely nowhere to walk. The staff has to bully through just to get orders for their drinks and everything first couple of comics that go up knock it out of the park now in my naive just jumping in i thought this was a regular open mic whereas for juniors it's almost like an audition for the management so a lot of people come out and really want to impress so there were some good talent going up and i was like fuck this (laughs) right like i'm screwed so my nerves are already going crazy my family and friends finally get there the show starts you know, heavy hitters up front. I was like, oh my God, how the hell am I going to do this? And right before I'm about to go up, the MC for the weekend is Steve Rogers, who was just on the late show uh, with Steve Colbert, oh, uh, but has been working for juniors. He opens for, shoot, what the heck's his name? Uh, Brian Regan, traveling, you know, everywhere. He's gone in Seattle, Washington, everything. Uh, he's the MC, and he gets up on stage and he goes, folks, I just want you to know that I've done open mics around this nation primarily for just the people that are getting paid to be there, the bartenders. Mm-hmm. This is the biggest and craziest open mic I've ever seen in my entire life. 
Wow. So let's give it up for your brand new comic, Anthony Morelli. Oh, and I, I about shit myself. Oh, that feeling. I know that feeling where you <laughs> literally feel like you're going to shit yourself. It's, yeah, it's like, yeah. oh my God, do I got time to shit? It was like, it, like I was getting on stage and I think my first word into the mic were, thanks a lot, Dick. I'm so scared right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that. But I, yeah. Yeah. I started out well. I did a couple of jokes. Um, and then do, being a rookie, I didn't hold the mic close enough to my face. So a lot of the crowd couldn't hear me and they started kind of starting their own conversations to where one woman in the dead center stood up, looked to the side that was making noise and said, Hey, shut the fuck up. I can't hear him. <laughs> back down. Whole room, like 175 people quiet. And I just bring the mic back up to my mouth and I go, I don't know who that lady is. But she's a part of my crew tonight. Holy shit! Wow. And <laughs> yeah, it, it, it went well enough from there to where it uh, kept me in the in the game to keep going with comedy. I know, I know that feeling. You know, you always everyone's got their stories, and and I always remember my first comedy gig, and it was like it went. It was such a blur to me. It was like literally like if somebody just threw you on stage, pulled your pants down to your ankles, and you have to smile. You know, it's, it's yeah. that, this weird, like, <laughs> holy crap. And, and I, for me, I, I've been performing in bands for 25 years. I was a full on rock singer in a band. And for some reason, without the band or anything behind me, I was naked and naked and afraid. And, and I was back to square one. I felt like a kid at a talent show from high school. <laughs> I bombed. I, I yeah. think I'd bomb. I don't know. It was such a blur. <laughs> But, but yeah, it was enough to keep us going. You know what I mean? It, at least we didn't totally, totally hit the, hit the ruts, you know? Yeah. That, that came a couple of months after that and then kept coming for a while. Yes. And they still do. <laughs> they still do. Which oh is, yeah. Oh uh, my gosh. I call it the, yeah, the karmic trip. You know, it's like, you know, we, we can be high five and, and strutting out like a big pimp after a good gig and then. Two gigs after that, boom, crickets, 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 you know, and it's humbling, humbling. You think, you know, just when you think you got it, God trips you, trips you, you know. Two times I've had the best gig followed by the worst gig, like two (laughs) times almost in a row. Yeah. So like the second time it happened, I was like, I don't even, I don't even give a fuck because I, I know what happened like Saturday. (laughs) Yeah. I know. And I was high five myself because, like, I always go, well, I'm not killing it, but I'm not sucking. I was ha- I was having a series of lukewarm, I call them lukewarm fives or sixes, where it's like, all right, I'm holding my end up, but I wasn't murdering like I was daydreaming of murdering. And uh, and then I did, uh, my, no, my turning point was I did the Cleveland, I was talking to this one about Craig, the Cleveland Comedy Open, I fucking sucked. I lost my giblets, I couldn't find my way, jizzed all over, I was horrible, and, uh, I left there wanting to throw my book out the window, but you know, I had to, then the next, I think the next day was like one of your gigs at the Avalon in Erie here and boom, back in action again, back in action. You know, it's, it's, it's that quick. You can, you can have those extreme highs and lows, you know, I've had both at the Cleveland Comedy Open. The first time I went there, knocked it out of the park, made it to the finals. Um, they didn't, I didn't win the finals, but I would argue that I was, you know, some of the top tier, at least top five out of the 16 that they allowed. Wow. And then 
the second time that I went there, man, I just took a shit on stage, couldn't get anybody laughing, went over the light, just the absolute opposite of what I did the time prior. So it's, it's always, I think about your energy going into it um, and rather than the actual audience. I mean, there's been times where, like I said, I had that high and the low where it was your gig out at the Geneva on the lake. Oh, yeah. Where I was the opener and I did that, like, I, I ran the light a little bit, but I did 18 minutes and had the room going pretty damn good, like the best I think I had ever done. Yeah, that first time and you did I, it. Yeah, you murdered. Yeah, and then the next day, I had the show at Black Monk Brewery that I had the Buffalo guys from. They came down. I had Aaron Scardina. I had Brian Nessel. I had Edo. So, like, guys that I'm comfortable with that we can joke about and BS, I went up to eight minutes of just pure silence. Oh. And it was, like, it was the crowd because, you know, Brian Nessel does well. You know, Scardina does well. It was silent for the whole night. It wasn't even, like, it wasn't the comics. People were there just to be pissed off at a comedy show. Wow. I, you know, yeah. every time I've done the blunt black monks, they've been pretty good. But maybe I just got lucky. Maybe I, maybe I was just on a, on the lucky ones. But yeah, I'm well, sorry. this was the Friday right before Christmas, so oh. not oh. a whole lot of people were there, and the people that were there were there to get a beer and stress release more than I think anything else. Oh man, I see. Those are the gigs I've done a lot now. I, I haven't given a sh- proper shout-out to my friends in Youngstown. The Youngstown comics are equal to the Buffalo comics to where, like, there's the Tim Wolf and there's Molotero. But Aaron Scardini, he is one of my favorites. And I, I've done enough gigs with him that I love, like, a dead gig. We've done a lot of dead gigs, too. But he would get in that crowd, a crowd like Black Monk. I'm surprised he wasn't, like, on chairs and insulting everybody. It, it, it's beautiful. I- my cord only goes so far, and they were all sitting in the fucking back. <laughs> <laughs> he tried, man. He tried. <laughs> oh, he's a master of crowd work. Well, that's a style. That Now, I, I talk to people on the pod. You know, I hope they're listening, but, you know, style's a comedy. Now, we uh, we know how Craig... We were talking to Craig last week. Craig's kind of, you know, he... I, I call him the no-segue guy, which that's his style. <laughs> I love it. I love how he shocks everybody. But your style... Yeah, he's just... Oh, oh no! I was just gonna, yeah. I know. Well, I mean, we, we can revel in the brilliance of Craig Baxter. I always do. I always say he's a brilliant writer in this, and this, and I love when he can just change the channel and surprise everybody with just some random statement. You know, Craig is really yeah. He's really impressed me over the evolution that I've seen from him. I know he's been doing it longer than I have, but just seeing his transformation on stage, his confidence growing, stuff like that, and. I like one of his jokes is my one of my absolute favorites from any comedian, and it gets me going every time I hear him. I hear it, um, but yeah, he's got that deadpan, no segue, one liner coming at you every. You know, it, it, every joke changes the subject almost. I know, I know, and and it's a style. It, you know, it, it it's that Hedberg kind of uh, style, which is cool. I like that now. But your style is kind of your kind. I want. I don't want to say you're a storyteller because when people think storytellers, they think you're going to drone on and on and da da da, and it's going to be some no, because you're you tell stories, but they're more condensed. They're more, I all your bits are always within the good five to six realm tops. I mean, you even keep things to the three point with different bits. But you, would you is is that a correct assessment? You're kind of more of a storyteller comic, right? 
Yeah, in in that sense, I'm still kind of finding myself. I would say, like I, you know, I I'm a storyteller naturally. That's just I I, I went to school to be a health and physical education teacher. Um, I was always a, a scout camp counselor, so I'm I'm good at elaborating and telling things. Um, but a lot of it has you have to know who the characters are in this story. And fortunately enough for me, it's my family. Yes, um, but <laughs> I. I guess I'm developing a style that I guess you could say is similar to something like Big J Okerson. Right. You, where, he's a, you're not as dirty as he is, though. He talks a lot of yeah. sex. You talk family, <laughs> and, and you have a good chunk of your materials like the weed material. You know, yeah. You're, pot, you're very cannabis-friendly for folks. Yeah. yeah, yeah, always and forever, brother. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I go into... Uh, you know, a gig, whether I'm hosting or whether I'm featuring, I go into a gig wanting to engage with the crowd. If it's two people, if it's a hundred people, I don't care. You know, I want to get the crowd involved. So I go in with certain premises that I want to talk about and have my stories lined up, but I also want to see where the uh, the crowd takes me as well. Exactly. So what I'm trying to get to is if I'm ever good enough to where I can get an hour on stage, I want it to be a half and half scenario yeah. or half crowd work. Half of it is, you know, the jokes that I have prepared. Yes. Yeah. I could see that. I could see it. I mean, we're building up to it. You're definitely building up to it. I mean, you know, we're, I, we've been doing the past few gigs. I mean, we've been teetering on the strong 25, 20 and, and, and for people that don't know comedy, they will say, they'll say, 20 minutes, that's it? Well, it takes a while to get there. And, and comedians will listen to this and go, well, every guy who says they have 20 means they have 10. No. I, yeah. <laughs> you, you've got that strong 25, you know, in a half an hour. I've seen it. I've seen it many, many, many times, you know, so... But you're quick on your feet, too, which is good. I, I've seen you work the crowd. If somebody yells something or somebody's snickering or doing something weird, you, you got good stage instincts to pick that up and grab on it and roll with it. You know what I mean? Well, one of the biggest things is I'm able to make fun of myself, and that is so easy to do uh, on the fly, <laughs> especially um, where I fumble a lot over words uh, when I'm on the microphone, and I'll just sit there and be like, Oh, blah, 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 and I'll mess something up, and I'll be like, yeah, it's fucking words. It's not like I'm getting up here to be paid for this or anything, and that gets the crowd reengaged, even though you're making fun of yourself for a mistake that they may not have noticed. Right. It brings a sense of, oh, he's a real person. This is just scripted. This is him actually trying to perform, and I think that helps the audience settle down a little bit more. It disarms, you know, yes, it does. That I'm, I'm on this pedestal. It's, it's more like, oh, this is a guy that doesn't know what the fuck he's doing and putting a microphone in front of his face. No, it, it's honesty. It disarms them, too, because I've heard you, like, you go into your bit and you're like, oh, I fucked that up, and the crowd actually laughs, <laughs> on that, and then you're able to play, you know, and you'll say something like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah a little bit uh, too much behind that, you know, and the way you play it off and roll into it makes people laugh. Sometimes that the, the escape of that is 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 a joke and a bit in itself, and that's I think it disarms the crowd, too. It makes civilians feel like, hey, this guy's normal, you know? Mm-hmm. I like that. I, that's definitely a selling point. 
I wish I had that. I, I've always been, you know me, you've seen me gig a million times. I go out there shot out of a cannon. I'm like, you know, and <laughs> sometimes you come like, in like kicking the door off the proverbial stage. Oh yeah. Yeah. Which, which is, it's fun for drunk crowds and everything like that. But when you got, when you got like a room full of like, say, I don't know, mellow hipsters they're, they I get the look like, what is this guy on? You know, I, <laughs> I'm definitely a turd in a punch bowl sometimes, but you got that humanity of the control. I wish I, I want to get into the story thing, but I'm afraid of the story. Now, when you, when you, you tell stories a lot about your family, you're, you, they're cool with it, right? Oh yeah. Like, uh, I have, uh, like I bring up in my set, I have two gay brothers and that in itself can be a very controversial subject to get into on stage, especially me being a big white straight guy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but I, you know, like my brothers have come to my shows. They have given me tips and pointers. And even when we're at home at the holidays and everything, I sit there and I was like, Hey, how can I make this funnier without being offensive or what terminology should I use? And they actually are sitting there helping me trying to develop our jokes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I see they've come to gigs. Yeah. Good sports. I know. And, and you, you've got the double, the double luck. So you, you can tell a gay joke and, and you've got two gay brothers. So that's Hey, and they're, and they approve of everything you do. So it's like, you got the free pass. You've got a hall pass. <laughs> well, that's, that's the hard part. Cause then you think you can get away with anything and you still have to mind your words. You still have to be conscious of what's going on. I've fucked up a couple of or anything like that just by using the wrong words in the wrong sequence and realizing it and having to play catch up just off of 10 seconds of my set uh yep i know i yeah that's good though that's good so, you have that support that family support is i think pretty important a lot of us come someone i mean i have tina come with me to shows but generally you know we're by ourselves like you now, you're you're freshly married. You're I don't see your wife at a lot of shows though. When are we going to get her in there? Come on. So I talked about having anxiety and not you know like having butterflies before I get on stage. She actually has more anxiety than I do for when I go on stage. Oh, she worries um, about you. Yeah, in the beginning, it was you know I wasn't I didn't have a voice. I wasn't confident. I couldn't do this. I couldn't do that. So I'd often come home pretty pissed off because I didn't do well. I didn't meet my own expectations and that would put me in a sour mood and kind of, you know, uh, bleed out into the house to where she didn't want to come and see me get that angry at myself to where now that I'm confident I come home, you know, I realize that there's going to be bad gigs. There's going to be awesome times. You're only as good as your last gig. Yep. Um, so she, she'll come if, if I say, hey, this is a big show, can you be you and some friends? She absolutely would be down, but open mics and stuff like that, I'm like, you've seen my dumb shit enough when you don't, you don't need to come to everything. True, true, yeah. I, you know, for, I bring Tina along because she's a comedy fan. She would probably go if 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 we weren't dating. But I, I like having that barometer because usually when I get in the car, like I'm smiling and high fiving you guys out the door. The second my car door closes, and I go, "Damn, an idiot! Oh, I suck!" Oh. <laughs> and she's the one who goes, "No, no, no, that one was really good." That or she'll say, nah, "I know, I know, that nah, was fun." You know, she know she talks me off the ledge more than you guys know. It's like she yeah. knows, she knows. 
you know, and it's good to have, I'm thankful I have that because I don't, man, if when you're driven, when you're by yourself, oof, some of these comics come in there all by themselves and they got to drive three hours all alone home. I couldn't imagine stewing in my own juices. Oof. It, it, it's been interesting for sure. Uh, there have been many nights where I was like, this is fucking stupid. I don't even know why I do this. Yeah, um, four hours yeah, after then, a bomb in West yeah. Virginia, and it's like four hours by yourself, and you're going, ah, uh, <laughs> driving home, yeah. and there's not enough weed in the I'm, world to make you happy. Yeah, I've had quite a few Pittsburgh drives like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, so, well, now that everyone's heard our woes, I mean, we've had some good times too. We always laugh. That's a given, but, but any, I know we got the quarantine going down, but any advice for young comics? Like, like you, you run an open mic, you know what it's like. A lot of times, you know, we, we've talked to, you know, younger comics. We remember when we were younger comics and, and, and Casey and them had to talk us off the ledge. Now, now we're, we're getting in that better position where we talk to young what's the advice you'd give to somebody who's coming out of quarantine and they go anthony can i come to your gig can i can can i get a five minute spot what would you tell them practice um i hated hearing it when i would ask you know comics uh for their advice and they're like get on stage get on stage get on stage write and get on stage and rewrite and go home and write um so when I first started, it was, it wasn't a craft. It was more of just an experiment. I didn't take it seriously. Um, where a lot of people now seem to have that instant gratification that America is so accustomed to. And the hardest part to digest about that is that this takes time. It takes time to bomb. It takes time to succeed and figure out why you bombed or why you succeeded. Um, so, I personally, you know, I record every set, but I don't listen to every set all the time because I can feel or remember the cadence. I know if it was a positive one or if it was a negative one, but if it was a positive one, man, I want to go back and figure out why, what did I clue in on? Um, so I guess I'm, I'm being pretty vague, but if I were to nail it down, right, go to Mike as much as you can and record yourself. Yeah. Record. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it, recording is easy to do. Listening to yourself is the hard part. Oh god! Um, but <laughs> once you get rid of that hard part, and or once you get over that, it it uh, becomes a little bit easier. And then you understand that you're not judging your voice; you're judging the words that you said or the way that you said them. Exactly. Wow. Well, you, that's perfect. Yeah, that's exactly it. Wow. So I like that. I like that. I'm hoping I'm hoping a young comic out there might listen to this and take something from what we say. But now that we're going into quarantine, we got a little bit of sitting time. I'm 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 my prediction is I'm thinking we're we're gonna be out. May's gonna be a bust, but we might be seeing some lawn parties and I was hoping maybe you'd do another social distance lawn party at your uh at your house out there. You got the yard for that. I get that. Uh, but we are still in the pandemic and I don't feel like an inviting a whole lot of strangers into I can my house, I can my personal it. residence. <laughs> but I have, I have actually reached out to the Waterford driving about doing something to them, kind of like what they're doing in Anchorage, Alaska and how drive-ins are becoming, uh, kind of like a concert venue more than a drive-in for movies. Wow. Well, that would so be cool. That I would be have, cool. 
Yeah, I have some uh, some irons in the fire. Uh, Black Monk, obviously, you know, we can do outside stuff there. So Ooh, yeah. I'm assuming once once the governor gives the go-ahead that uh, we can start doing outside shows there again. And I'm going to reach out to some uh, local people as well to see what we can get going again. Because I know a lot of people are excited to get back on stage. And we're just trying to figure out the safest way to do that right now. You're right, exactly. I, I'm kind of paranoid about, you know, yeah, I, I'm, I'm in no rush. I know everyone's out there protesting, trying to get get the thing going, but I think safety first. But I like the yeah, outdoor idea, I think, is probably going to be the safest bet for the summer. And then maybe September when they have a vaccine, maybe we'll be back in action full time. Yeah, it, 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 you know, like with the, hopefully they get the antibody, antibody test going out, and that can really determine quite a bit. Um, but right now it's, it's safety first more than anything. And I know. we'll see. I, it, it sounds like if we don't have the expected relapse that I personally am expecting, and maybe we, the governor will open back up in June. That's the murmurs right now, uh, because I work at a restaurant and that's the things that they're hearing is maybe we can get back to work at the end of May. But mm. Everything's a guessing game right now. Nobody knows anything for sure. I know. Uh, I did see a comic today, actually, on Facebook. I can't remember his name, but he is super awesome. He does a bunch of loop stuff. Mark is his first name. But I can't remember the last name. But he has dates scheduled for June in the southern states. I knew Texas, Houston, Texas, two of them were on there. Uh, Missouri, obviously, is allowing concerts already so i think that was on the docket as well well yeah i guess that would be the move yeah we gotta we, we gotta get in the rv and go to south dakota where there isn't any corona yeah. yeah so i i i don't disagree with planning for the future which i hope to see a lot of comics starting to do but that doesn't mean that you know we as comics aren't going to be cautious as well Comedy is so important to us, but I, I feel like everybody has grasped that life is more important. Yes, yes. And I, I don't know about you. I've been finding this in the quarantine. I was going to ask you what you've been doing in the quarantine. I mean, have, have, you, have you noticed, though, even though we're, we're, we're missing work, we're missing our, our comedy, there is a – don't you love sitting around with a family? Like, I've been reconnecting with old friends through Zoom. I've been, you know, just hanging with, with the family and the, and, and the pets and enjoying it. I kind of am enjoying it. It's I'm appreciating it instead of being on the go all yeah. the time. I mean, there's obviously the pros and cons to a lot of things, but uh, for me personally, there's been a lot more pros and cons. That's why. Um, yep. Stand-up, you know, I've only been in it. April, I think, was my two-year anniversary where it was a, so it's a newer medium for me to find, and now that that's been suddenly taken away, I've had to get back into my creative writing roots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I haven't, I haven't wrote a whole lot for stand-up. I haven't been like, oh my gosh, this is my time to sit down and write and really format my set because it's, for me, it's always ever evolving. The stories that we tell at family dinners and stuff help bring into light new stories that I can put on stage, but that's not a forced issue. Yes. So now, so now I do a lot of creative writing. I, I put myself to a test of trying to write 500 words a day. It can be about anything in any format. Ooh, it can be a vent session 
or it can be, hey, today I'm going to try to write a dialogue between two characters, or I'm going to try to write uh, a, a real estate piece to describe my house. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, it keeps me on my edge to where it actually evoked a TV show idea that I've been thinking about for a while that I've finally put down to paper uh, and have a storyline pretty well written out, and I'm going to start working on the script of it. Yeah, wow. Now, there, see, there, okay, any young comics out there, keep thinking. You know, when you have downtime, write. Listen to Anthony. He's talking to it. He's preaching the gospel right there. When you, just everything you want to do, just keep writing. But like you said, the TV show, I mean, I would have never thought about a TV show because in my head I would be thinking, well, there's no way I'd be able to do the production for this. But but it's good exercise to do it because you never know. You never know, like, who you're going to meet, you know, six months from now. So and you'll exactly stand up is such a it's almost like a gateway drug in essence to where it introduces you into a new network of things. Meeting Cody, Colin Chase, they just did a TV pilot that they shot, and then unfortunately they were going to show it for free to the Buffalo community, but that happened as the stage shut down, so they didn't get to premiere their hard work. Um, But meeting them has helped inspire Brian Netzel, you know, one of the Buffalo Boys, works on a lot of uh, TV sets, uh, film production, stuff like that. Right. And with my brother being in modeling and acting and doing drag now, like, so it's always been in the background for me uh, to where, you know, I'd love to write for SNL or I'd love to write for some of our favorite TV shows. If I could get involved with Always Sunny in Philadelphia, I would shit myself for TV, if need be. <laughs> I know. I keep thinking of the writing thing, too, you know? And and at, at our level, you know, that's why I love talking to comics and I love hanging out with you guys because it, it gets me thinking about it. Like, now that you mention that, it's like, eh, you know, next time I do pull up the pen, I might actually start thinking script. You know, before, it's funny, this time I've been working on this podcast the past time. You, you've been seeing me on the Twitter. I've been writing, I've, I'm, you know, we all think we're hilarious on Twitter. I think was writing some good stuff. And then, but I, I was also, I'm toying around the studio here. Remember those old, remember when we were kids and we listened to like Cheech and Chong records, you know, and like old yeah. skits or, or you remember the old Adam Sandler audio style. Like I was, th- I've been making like skits on the computer. First stuff CD, like first CD I ever bought in my life was Adam Sandler's uh, first CD, like piece of shit car or P.O.S. Uh, uh, him with the goat, goat boy or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He beat me with a hickory stick. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Yeah. I, one thing that I'm surprised with you, with your musical background, I'm I'm really surprised that you haven't gotten into musical comedy or at least just getting on stage with an acoustic. Well, I thought about the acoustic guitar thing. I mean, I, I'm doing gigs like that. I know you're right. I probably should merge worlds, but. I, in a weird way, I kind of, the reason I found comedy was I had to get away from music. Music, music for me was was the bride that left me at the altar. But you're right, I do have the musical skills, and I probably should. I or at least a couple songs or something. I'm gonna get there. So so it's not off the docket. It's it, it's it's a work in play. So I'm gonna keep that in mind for sure. But yeah, I feel like that's uh, well. Number one, it's very very hard to do one or the other and to merge both is even harder. So I get 
why you haven't, but just having that talent at your disposal for me personally, I want to get into musical comedy. I want to be able to get up there with an acoustic guitar like Trevor Austin down in Pittsburgh to where when he first started out, he would get up there and be like, all right, just give me, you know, give me some words. Let me go off the top of my head. And I was like, holy shit, that's what I want to do. Oh, gosh. But yeah. that, it, it, it's, you're known to be a musical comedian or you're known to be a standout comedian. Right. And there's not a whole lot that can buffer in between other than like Dimitri Martin. Right. Yeah, I know. I, I I was afraid that like if I would enter that world to where you'd be like a Bo Burnham where yes, it'd be hugely successful, but you you still got to have the comedy chops. You still got to be able to write, you know? And and I don't yeah. want the left hand being stronger than the right hand, you know? It's all they they got to work g- equally. So for now, I'm, I am I'm not putting it down. But I, I will. Not I will. Ambidextrous and masturbating. So <laughs> I don't assume <laughs> yeah. that to go into anything else in life. Well, Anthony, okay. Well, now that everyone's been listening, where can they find you on the Twitter? What's your Twitter handle? So it is Off Constantly Co. or Off Constantly Comedy, what we run here in Erie. Um, Or you can just look up Anthony Morelli, and uh, it's no longer a ridiculous picture. It's me, I think, in my chucks at my wedding. So if you see a dapper looking dude, Named Anthony Morelli. Right. That'll be me on Twitter. Did you get a dot com yet? Do you got anything going on there? I yeah, my brother actually bought me my domain name for my birthday and I'm working on the website now, but it's just gonna be Anthony Morelli Comedy dot com. That's cool. That's all you need. I got AaronForsythe.com. It's great when you own your name and then you know no one's gonna hold it for ransom later, you know? It's like wow. Well I, see, <laughs> I when I went to college, I went to Edinburgh, but at Penn State the same timeline that I was in Edinburgh, granted I went six years instead of four, um, there was a quarterback down at Penn State named Anthony Morelli. <laughs> so anything involving my name has been totally fucked since then, and it's all about that damn shitty quarterback from Penn State. Oh, yeah. I wrestled with, I got the .com for Aaron Forsyth, but the dude who has the Twitter, or has the actual Twitter and has the has the YouTube is some personal trainer, and then he was a gamer, like a Magic the Gathering gamer guy with the same name as me. (laughs) (laughs) And either way, a personal trainer or a gamer, I'm not going to fuck with either one of those kind of people (laughs) because they could destroy me on two different levels. But but yeah, yeah, well, I got the eeriecomedy.com. I secured that, so, but eventually... I mean, I just have it linked to my page now, but what I want to do, and this is big hopes here, this is big hopes, I'm thinking in the future, I want to take EerieComedy.com, and I want to make it like a go-to to where all of us, you know, all, I don't know, what, how many is there now, about 10 or 15 of us, we all have our pages on there as like a link portal, I want, I'm going to make that in the next probably six months, but for now, I'll just kind of hold it tight. But yeah, I want to get everybody, so so it's kind of like we're, like I said, we're all in the same comedy family, so it's really... You know, it it can only help. Promotion of each other. Yeah. Yes, exactly. If I get a little momentum, you get momentum. You know, it's like we all we all do it, or vice versa. You know, we can all just all just kind of build off each other because Erie, even though, like you said, we're in between Buffalo and Pittsburgh and Cleveland, and and we're right, we're in the armpit of everybody. But for some odd reason, you know, we never get invited to the big party. So I'm hoping if we can splash well, out waves. Yeah, we're we're such a, a new and small community 
Um, I think we're starting to have an effect in the surrounding areas now or pre-pandemic. Um, but yeah, I think uh, they're going to, a lot more people are excited about coming to Erie, and I think that's soon going to be reciprocated. Yes, exactly. Yes. And that that's one thing. So keep an eye out, everybody out there. Off Constantly Comedy, Off Constantly Co. This is Anthony Morelli. You'll see probably me at a lot of his shows. If I'm a civilian or I might be performing, but you'll see him. Vice versa, we always we always cross streams and uh, sword fight as much as we can. And uh, it's, it's always a good time. Th- Anthony, thanks for talking to me. And uh, thanks for talking to the podcast crowd out there. I don't know who's listening, but we'll soon find out. Appreciate the heck out of you having me, man. Oh, I, yeah. Uh, I yeah, enjoyed yeah. it. It's a lot of fun. Oh, thanks, thanks. And, uh, yeah, I, and I hate to sound cliche, but stay safe and, uh, you know, wear your mask. That's <laughs> cliche. Absolutely. My my wife's an infectious diseases pharmacist, so uh, we take it pretty seriously. Oh, yeah. Well, hey, she's first in line for that vaccine. So, yeah, I know whose door to knock on when that goes down. Yeah. Yep. Well, cool. Thanks, Anthony. Well, you take care, and we will talk to you on the flip side. Everybody, say goodbye to Anthony Morelli, and uh, that's it. Thank you. Have a great day, guys. There he goes, folks. Anthony Morelli. We'll have a new guest next week. I also want to thank our new sponsors, Red Eye Roastery. RedEyeRoastery.com. Use the promo code Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, at checkout and get yourself free shipping. Check me out on the social media platforms at L-T-T-D on the Twitters. There goes our alarm. It's time to go, folks. Thank you. And thanks for listening, folks. We will see ya next week.